Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And I almost said I'm Amber. In my brain, I was waiting for you to say your name. I think you're just jealous because I freshly won the trophy, the I, rain bath trophy. I so am jealous probably, that you hold the trophy. Yeah. Because it's going to be a while before we can find a nugget that good again. It's going to be a while. Mm-hmm. I do challenge. Anyone. Step up to the plate. Right. Come please. take this trophy from me. But the burger was powerful. I'd say. <laughs> The pita burger the from pita last burger. episode, if you haven't heard Yes. It. Check out episode 142 if you do not know what we're talking yes. about. Because you are missing you out. You are truly missing out. Dang. Yes. All right, my dear. What do you have for us today? Oh, I have a case today. Um, just a, a little sneak peek. I titled this in my notes as Shitty Dad. Oh, so okay. Yeah, I was like, what do I want to wow. call this? I'm like, Shitty Dad is what it's the title should be. Do you realize we're recording this on Father's Day? Oh my gosh, we are. <laughs> and it's about a shitty dad. And yeah. How shitty dad week. How poetic. There you go. Nice. We happy it, Father's Day to all the, all good, the good dads. dads. Yeah. That are not this guy. Hope you had a great Father's <laughs> <Yes>. Day. <laughs> Everyone but this guy. For happy sure. Father's Day. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm bringing you a case. It's just it's really sad. Um it's the case of Lawrence Horn. Have you heard of him? Mm-mm. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, Lawrence Horn was, um, I, I'm not going to say like a big deal, but he he had a job that would be considered like respectable. Okay. Um, he worked for the record label Motown. Oh, okay. So more high profile. Yeah. Yep. He worked with celebrities. He was a music uh, executive of some kind. So he, mm-hmm. he produced music for a lot of well-known musicians oh stevie wonder wow was on the list so he was like he was kind of in with the the celebrity so he thought he was a big deal he did now at some point he did appear to be a decent human from what we know like early lawrence was was there was potential yeah he he had a family um he was married to millie horn this was his wife for five years and he was married before her as well, but I didn't note the name of his previous wife. But she probably doesn't want her name out there anyway. I would imagine not. <laughs> After what I'm going to tell you, you will understand. But he was married to Millie for five years, and he had three children with her. He was liked and, res- and respected by celebrities. So he had, like, they would have, like, Motown picnics and whatnot, and he was there, and everybody loved him, and so he really introduced Millie and, and his children to this, you know, lifestyle. celeb lifestyle. Yeah. Motown picnic sounds awesome. It really does. It would have been so much fun. So, yeah, he, like, there was parts of him that at some point he was, like, a family guy. Okay. His daughter, which I watched a documentary on this case, his daughter speaks of, like, really fun times visiting him and because his parent the parents do end up separating okay but she has good things to say about him when Mm -hmm. she was younger that he was like a good dad he was involved and so like Lawrence was okay for a certain period of time but then 
as we've seen, like greed gets the best of you. Oh, it is dirty, it, dirty. Yeah, it brings out some ugliness, and this is no exception. So Lawrence is our, he he's the murderer in this case. This is actually the tragic story of the death of Millie Horn and her beautiful son, Trevor Horn. Oh, my God. And Trevor's nurse, Janice. So wow. I'm So I'm going to tell you what happens, but this is, you know, these are the people we lost in this case. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Millie first. She was truly so beautiful. I'll post pictures. Like, she was gorgeous. Super loving person. She was a flight attendant, and she always had wanted to be a flight attendant. So that was, like, her dream job, and she was living that life. Bless her. And she also loved her children. And you can see in pictures, like, she always looked so happy and just so full of love for them. It's just, like, Mm. you can see that Mm -hmm. in the pictures. Yep. So, I mean, she was described as someone that always put her children first. They were her entire world. Elaine Rice was the sister of Millie Horn, and they were super close. And so the documentary that I watched really, there's a lot of things contributed by Elaine, like her side of the story for things. And she was really involved with the family because Trevor, which I'll I'll get into details in a little bit, but Trevor needed 24-7 care. Okay. That he, explains the nurse. Yes, he was quadriplegic. Okay. And so he needed constant care. And Elaine was a part of that care. She would go like after work and help out with Trevor a lot. So hmm. she was constantly at the house. Yeah. And always stopping by. So I'm going to take you right to the day that everything happens because really nobody saw this coming. Like it was kind of life as usual. Until this happened. It was this horrible tragedy. So there's no like red flags leading up to any of this? So I will say there's red flags after After? the fact. I see. Looking back like, oh my gosh, that's what he was doing. Okay. But in the time that he was doing it, nobody knew. I see. Like nobody naturally went to like he's planning something horrible. Right. Because why would you? Yes. Hindsight's always so clear. Yep. So afterwards looking back, they're like, oh my gosh. (sighs) Look at what look at what horrible things he was planning. Right. So, but yeah, nobody saw this coming. I don't know how you could. I mean, honestly, really, unless you're us doing true crime. <laughs> yes, thinking it's, it's about hard these to fathom somebody being capable of these things. Yeah, in everyday life, we don't typically go to those like, oh, he's acting suspicious. Those he's planning dark, a murder. Yes, you know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So March thirteenth of nineteen ninety three. This is the day that changed. The loved ones of Millie, Trevor, and Janice forever. So Elaine, like I said, she was the sister of Millie. And she recalls that day because she is the one that discovers everything. Oh, no. Yes. So horrible. Like I said, Elaine helped a lot with Trevor. So she was always at the house. So stopping by was nothing unusual for her to do. Right. So on this day, on March 13th, she pulls into the, the driveway and she notices that the garage door is open, which is unusual. It's never open. Okay. So that was like her first thing of like, wow, that's odd yeah. that it's open. It's never wide open when she pulls in. So she proceeds to go up into the garage to check out what's going on. As she gets closer to entering the garage, she sees what looks like pillows from the sofa, like scattered out in the garage. And she's like, you know, that's obviously really odd that the pillows from the living room sofa yeah. are out here. What yeah, the heck? Yeah, absolutely. 
She also immediately hears Trevor's alarm going off. Oh. So this alarm Like was, his medical alarm. His medical alarm okay. is going off. She can hear it inside the house. It was to alert any trouble with him. Yeah. He was unfortunately hooked up to machines at all times. Sure. So once she hears that, she knows something's wrong. Yeah, definitely. And she actually, I mean, I'm really glad she did this. She doesn't go in right away. She's like, something is wrong. So she goes to the neighbor's house and asks the neighbor to come over with her to enter the house. Okay, that's brilliant. Very. I mean. I don't know in that I would have had the wherewithal to do that. Either. I think in a panic, I would have been like, something's wrong with my nephew. Yeah. And, and ran right in. in. But yeah. she had that instinct like this. Something this is really wrong. off. Yeah. And maybe even realizing, like, I'm going to enter this house and I know something horrible's happened yeah. and I can't do this by myself. Right. Maybe it was that. Because I could see my mind maybe going there of, like, that alarm's going off and I don't know if I can handle this by myself. Right, right. So she goes over to the neighbor. She's like, I think something is terribly wrong. Could you please come over with me? I'm going to go into the house. Because she had a key, uh-huh. obviously. But So the neighbor agrees and, and goes Ooh, over with her. What a scary spot for the neighbor to also be in, Seriously, Yeah. But the neighbor does go in, um, so they enter the garage, and Elaine gets her key out, and she proceeds to unlock the door to go in the house. She starts to push it open, and something's blocking the door, so she can't get in right away. But as as she pushes her way through enough to see, she sees her sister, Millie, oh lying God. lifeless on the floor. Oh. Millie was in front of the door. Why is it always that there are bodies in front of the door and people have to push their way? I know. And that is so chilling to me. I'm guessing oh, this poor woman. Millie maybe tried to get away. I'm sure. That's yes. that was my first thought as she was trying to get out the door. Yep. Oh. So she sees Millie lying there covered in blood. Yeah. Um it was very obvious that Millie had been shot in the face. Oh no. Yeah. So I cannot imagine what that was like. Finding to... your sister like that? No. Yeah. Finding anyone like that is not okay. But someone that you're so close to and that you love? No. No. And oh. Elaine, I just want to say she seems like the sweetest person when she's talking about oh. this. Like she loved her sister and her family. I mean, her nephew. And you know she has to see it in her mind's eye every time she talks about it. So I give her credit to yeah. even be on the documentary. Yeah. Like it makes me emotional. And I'm desensitized at this point to our cases, right, but like, right, yeah. it makes me emotional just thinking about all of this happening because she said she remembers just screaming like an mm. animal, mm-hmm. not knowing what to do. She like ran out into the street and just dropped. Oh, like, sure. Sobbing. Sure. And it, seriously, like her describing that, it's just like makes me emotional. Yeah. I feel like I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. What do you do? Right. Right. That. So, yeah. That, <laughs> that is exactly what you do. At that point, they did not go any further into the house. Yeah. Good Um, call. Yeah. Which, I mean, Trevor's alarm's going off. So you know there's more. Yeah. You know there's something else. But you call the police. Yeah. she. They immediately called the police. They did not go further into the house after they saw Millie lying there. I'm sure that was very difficult for them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't The right call to make. So when she calls the police, John McCarthy, he's the prosecutor in this case. So he, he recalls some things a lot of things for this documentary as well. He had a lot of great insight. But so he remembers he was having lunch that day and he gets the um, notification. An officer walks in and is like, we have a horrific situation mm. going on. Like you should know. It was just a couple blocks away from where he was. Mm. So 
investigators, they arrived and they do the full walk through the house. Mm -hmm. And there's much more than just Millie found dead. Um, As they walk through, they enter Trevor's room and they discover that his home care nurse, Janice Saunders, was dead on the floor as well Mm -hmm. in his room. Mm -hmm. Next to Janice, they found Trevor's log. They had this log that they um, would keep his vitals Mm because he he required that 24-7 care. So Mm -hmm. they were always monitoring where his vitals were every 15 minutes. So this was a very... Very um, intense care. Yes. It was a very uh, well-kept log. And they were actually able to pinpoint almost down to the minute of Trevor's death because of the log. Wow. Because they had been keeping it so diligently. So what they think happened because of piecing that together is that whoever did this, they had entered Trevor's room and shot Janice first. Okay. Millie possibly heard the shots that went off, went to check and see what had happened, and that's when the the killer had turned the gun on her, possibly chasing her like through the house. Mm-hmm. So after he murdered Millie, he then went back into Trevor's room and very tragically unhooked his respirator machines that oh my God. kept him alive. So Trevor obviously passed away. Yes, without of course. His, without his assistance to live, to stay alive. And had to hear all and see all of that. Yeah. Ugh. And then, so the alarm system, that's when they entered, it was, I mean, yes. it, it was to alert yep. his caretakers if he'd stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. So that's when the machine started going off. When investigators went through the house, they discovered some light disheveling. It looked, what they suspected is someone had attempted to make it look like a break-in, but it was like a lousy job Mm -hmm. of a Mm break-in. Half-assed. Yeah, so like there was a few items missing from the home, but it was nothing significant. And there was like drawers out. It was just like a really shitty job of making it look like a a burglary. Yeah. So they didn't ever believe that it was about robbing the family. They believed that it was straight up execution right plan murdering like the intent was to go in and murder that the family what's it say about you that you're a better murderer than burglar yeah like you can't even do that but you can murder yes exactly come on so that's investigators thought that right off the bat like this was not because they wanted something in the home they wanted to to murder yep so tiffany horn she is the daughter of millie and lawrence horn okay she was the oldest child, and she was actually away at college when this happened. Oh, they wow. had three kids together. Tiffany was a little bit older than the other two. Mm-hmm. She remembers the police arriving at her building to mm-hmm. tell her that the she they she needed to go home right away because something horrible had happened. She was taken to her aunt's house, and that's where she found out that her mother and her brother, and brother. were gone. Yeah. And she remembers... Her little sister was there. Just a little backstory. Two siblings were twins. Trevor and his sister were twins. Quite a bit younger than Tiffany. So the little sister was the only one that had survived the incident. And so Tiffany... Was she in the home? I believe she was in the home. Wow. So Tiffany was the only... It's her and her sister left. Yeah. She remembers having that moment realizing like it's just... Her and I now. Yeah. That's, we we only have each other now. Were his medical complications from birth, from being they like premature were. twins or something like that? Yes. So a little backstory on that. I think I put it later on, but I'll just share it with you now. So Trevor, when he was born, he had complications at birth. And so that, they didn't think he was going to make it. And so he had, he, 
he did make it, but he had complications. And then later on, he had to have a surgery that went terribly wrong. Mm. And he was left with severe brain damage. Oh. It, horrible. So that is how he ended up quadriplegic is after that surgery. My God. Awful. And this family went through enough. Yeah, for uh, sure. That alone is hard to comprehend. Yeah. So Tiffany remembers after she got the news, she knew right away, like no one had any vendetta against her mother. Her mother was like the sweetest person ever. She was like, you know, nobody would have any reason to murder my mother. But she knew right away her father had something to do with this. Really? She knew that he was involved in some way. Okay. Because there was no one else that would want to murder Millie. Yeah. You know, but her dad... And we'll get to it. He had he had a motive. He had what his reasons were. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit of background about Millie and Lawrence and how they, you know, their relationship. They were a really good looking couple. Like I said, Millie is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like she probably could have been a model of some kind. Very beautiful. Lawrence had this job with Motown. So he was respected. He mm-hmm. was in with celebrities. So he introduced Millie to that lifestyle of being around famous people. The rich and famous. Yes. Millie and Lawrence fought a lot in their marriage. So Tiffany remembers that they fought quite a bit. And eventually, like I said, they were married for about five years and then they ended up separating. At that point, Lawrence moved to Los Angeles and she remembers spending summers there. And she said these were like the best summers ever. They'd go to the picnics. She met Stevie Wonder. Like, yeah, it was this. So like I said, Lawrence had this period of time where he was not all that bad. Right. And so she did. She loved her dad when she was right. I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't she? So what ends up happening is Millie was trying to move back on with her life. She was trying to move forward after they had separated. She had filed for divorce. And then she ends up finding out that she's pregnant and confides in her sister that it's actually belongs to Lawrence. Oh. And Elaine was like, I, you know, I was super shocked. I didn't know that they were still like seeing canoodling. They were, there was some yes. canoodling going on. Did not realize that was still happening. Yeah. Cause as far as the family knew, Mm-hmm. The two of them were separating sure, and getting a divorce. But then we had this little, you know, little surprise. Yes. Sperm has a way of doing that. So after Millie finds out she's pregnant, she actually finds out that it is twins that she is pregnant with. So not just one mm-hmm. in the oven. We have two. Now, unfortunately, she ends up having some complications that put her into premature labor. Aww. And that's where the, the backstory about Trevor comes in. That during the complications, she was informed that her daughter would be okay. Like, everything looked okay for her to make it, but Trevor may not. Okay. So, what ends up happening with this, Millie and Lawrence were still technically separated. So, Tiffany was with Lawrence for her summer visit when, or I'm sorry, when Millie went into premature labor. Oh, Okay. So they call Lawrence and they're like, can we please have, can you bring Tiffany back? Because her brother may not make it. We want to give her a chance to meet Meet him him. and say goodbye, possibly. Like this is a really, you know, tragic time. And Lawrence told them that he couldn't bring Tiffany back because they had a Motown picnic to go to. Oh my God. 
But these are also his children being born. his children. Yes. And Elaine said that forever changed how she saw him as a person. Yeah, no, he can fuck all the way off. Yes. Yep. So that was like a horrible moment. Because in that moment, changed as a person, that's not someone who is acting like a human. No. So not only did he come back to be with Millie, like he was like, oh, well, I can't bring her back because we have this picnic. And so Millie went through all of that by herself. Wow. I'm sure her sister and was there but still they're your children and you're absolutely you know, and your daughter is is a part of this too but so he wouldn't bring her back wow he's worse than a wobbly table he's horrible that's why i was like shitty dad is is yeah. it yeah this is what we're calling it all for a fucking picnic my god yeah for a celebrity picnic mm-hmm. now Tre- trevor did make it like i said he had complications which required him to have a surgery it went terribly wrong he was left with severe brain damage so he was worse after the surgery Mm. than he was before Mm. so he did become quadriplegic he required 24 7 care this did end in a lawsuit from the family because it was like something that wasn't supposed to happen okay so it was a horrible tragedy a a medical negligence thing or something okay they did end up winning they won a large sum of money for mm-hmm. Trevor. And from what Elaine says, a large portion of money was set aside for, like, into a fund for Trevor's care. Sure. So that's where a large portion went. That makes sense. My understanding is the remaining money was distributed because Millie and Lawrence weren't together. Still, so they were technically still going to be separate. So, yeah. so most of the money ended up going to Millie because she was the primary. Well, yeah, she's the one caring for right. the kids. She's been the one caring for them primarily. So yeah. the judge granted her most of the money. This did yeah, not. Like, why would he get any of the money? Right. Aside from donating his sperm, what has he done? It didn't sound like a whole lot after they separated. Like yeah. He would take Tiffany, but he wasn't even there when the twins were born. Right. And I'm sure he couldn't bother himself with a, t- a child that has 24-hour care needs. That's where we're getting. Yeah. That is where we're going. So when the money mostly went to Millie, I think Lawrence got some money, but he didn't get as much. He was not happy about this. He was very angry. And Tiffany remembers him coming back to the house, like all after all of this had been decided and basically saying he was done with everybody. He was done with them, all of them. And, and he said, and Tiffany, yeah, Tiffany said, this is when, Visits stopped. Everything stopped. He totally disconnected with the family. All over fucking money. All over money. What a piece of shit. I suspect this is just me suspecting and like analyzing, but I don't think he wanted the twins. No. And so, you know, and I mean no disrespect, but like, and this is like I said, just questioning, like maybe he didn't want to have the the other children. So as soon as he didn't get the money, he was like, well, I'm just done. Right. You know, that's yep. just a theory. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, he cut off contact and was done with the family after after the money situation didn't go in his favor. Mm-hmm. So coming back to the events of the murders, just for a minute, I will tell you that Lawrence immediately became a suspect in the case because obviously they were going to want to talk to him when all of this happened. For sure. So when they went to his apartment, they did discover that he was at the at his own apartment at the time of the murders because I laugh at this because he I feel like he literally hand served himself to immediately be investigated. 
he had made a video of himself watching TV in his own apartment at the time of the murder. Shut like up. He just recorded himself doing this. Here I am, police. Yeah, look just, at where I am yeah, at this time. Kicking back in my Barca lounger, catching up on... Uh, some yep. TV here. I mean, who doesn't record themselves just watching the two? My gosh, I I did it just the other day. Yeah, you know? like, why, just, why wouldn't you? Hi, everyone. Here I am. Look at where I am. Yes. On March 13th. Yep. At this time. like Catching video, up on Oprah. Yes, the video actually said like the date and time. So, Dear God. So he had an airtight alibi. Sure, but it's not like he doesn't have the money to hire a hitman. But the the cops were literally like, okay, this is so suspicious. Like, we're for immediately real. going to look at you first. I love how dumb he thinks the police really yes. will be in this situation. I would like to think if he ever looked back at his case and, and saw how it unfolded, he was like, I'm really freaking stupid I'm really dumb god that and that's the worst realization it was like me this morning with the toothpaste in my hair of just like it, it hurts to realize how stupid you really can sometimes yeah so i at the time those choices seem reasonable and you look back and you're like not that this one was ever reasonable no but, you know you look back you're like wow that was really dumb yeah why did how i did, how did i think myself? the outcome would be good how has he survived through life this far right. if that's how stupid he is yep so the the apparently he had this video waiting so when they came of course to ch- to question him his, as he knew they would right. he's like look look at what i, I look at where i was <laughs> and they're like okay this is the best bro right we will immediately be looking into you yes, yes. we're going to delve deeper here now i will tell you there were obstacles even though he was suspicious af yeah. there were some obstacles because there was no dna found at the scene, mm-hmm. there were no fingerprints. So there were originally no substantial leads in the beginning because they, you know, whoever did this cleaned up fairly well. They yeah. did a shitty uh, robbery job, yeah. But they cleaned up everything else pretty well. Investigators were suspecting at this point, as you pointed out, that there was possibly a hitman involved because he you know, Lawrence was technically watching TV recording himself at the time. So they're like, okay. Also seems like a really clean job, like a professional. Exactly. So they're, they're like, okay, you didn't do this, but you clearly are involved the way you're You're acting. The reason that it happened. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they start to look into that. And as you know, starting the investigation, what's, you know, what's the motive? What motive would he have to do this? Like obviously motive opportunity. We always look at that. Like, Millie didn't have any enemies. We know that. Mm-hmm. Who would want this family dead? Like, what's what would be the incentive in it? So they start digging around for that. Now. And they come across this big lawsuit. <laughs> yes. Gosh, yes. you're so good at this. Weird how they could find that in public court records. Exactly. So what they find is that Trevor had a significant amount of money set aside in a trust fund for him. Millions of dollars set mm-hmm. aside. For his care. For his care. You towed. And so as they're digging, probably not very hard, they discover that if something were to happen to Millie or Trevor, who gets the money? Oh, imagine that. Lawrence. Wow. Would get the Lawrence, money. How convenient that someone would break in and murder your ex-wife and son. Right? But no, you know. Oh, gosh. And... 
this poor nurse is just collateral damage just for doing her job. And I will that get kills me. Wait till wait. Yeah, we'll get to her too. Like it does. It's so heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, the investigators are like, hmm. Well, there's a pretty strong motive, I'd say. Super suspect video, <laughs> trust fund, clean job, you know, fairly clean job. Gosh, Lawrence, uh, something's going on here. So they do begin to look into the possibility. They're really honing on in on this possibility that Lawrence probably hired somebody to do mm-hmm. this. Like they're pretty certain and that they start to go in the direction of looking into hotel records. Like, okay, did he have somebody come down and and do this? Like, did they stay somewhere in the area? So they're looking at hotels. Like, who would have checked into the area at the time of the mm-hmm. murders? So they do discover there was someone that had checked into a Days Inn, which was kind of on the trail. I didn't mention before, but so this shoddy job the burglary job whoever did it they there were some items like discarded on the road and it happened to lead like a trail it was like a trail of breadcrumbs is what they described to this day's in like it was like the day's in was down the road there was some items on the road you've got to be kidding me i can't make this up oh my goodness so they're like okay how divine Right. I just feel like that's a spiritual intervention. I, yes, I feel like this one really like they did a good job, but the the people were pretty stupid. Yeah. Like <laughs> so. it's nice that you gave the investigators such an easy very easy investigation. Yeah, yeah. so they see it, they're like, "Okay, this some a, a man checked in to the days in <laughs> only during the time it was about from 12 to 5." The day the murders happened. Why would someone just check in for five five hours? hours. And then the trail of items, like it was on the same road as the days in. So they're like, okay, Mm. we may know the name of the man who now, you know, who did this. Yeah. Did he use his real name to check into the hotel? So, the, you know, he he did because Good God. the name of the man that checked I t- in was... Take, I take back the word professional when I called him a professional <laughs> yeah. hitman earlier, by the way. That was he too was, classy of a word right. for him. He was the only one available, maybe. Okay, yes. He's the discount hitman. He used the name of James Perry to check into the hotel. So okay. police, they have that name. They do um, run that name. And, and that's their, I mean, that's their guy. They discover that James Perry has a series of uh, criminal. Oh, wouldn't you know it? Yes. He's a career criminal is how they describe <laughs> he really him. He really did use his real name. He did. They What they discover in looking into James Perry is that he was a fixer. Like, he would do just about anything for money, including, like, covering things up for people. No short of murdering a people. Fixer. No, that is a carpenter, sir. Right. You are a fixing. garbage human. Yeah, so a they they this is not his first rodeo. He has a, a an extensive record. Obviously, he's not very good because he keeps getting caught, hence his extensive record. He literally left a trail to himself. Note to self, run a background check on a hitman. Make sure it's clean. Right. Dear God. So the the problem was I I mean they were certain they had their guy but yeah. they didn't have the substantial evidence to to him yet. Okay, they're like still they, circumstantial. The breadcrumbs. They, they have the breadcrumbs but they didn't like I said they didn't have the DNA or anything directly right. or fingerprints yet because he wore gloves. 
Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So what the FBI starts doing at this point, because they don't have enough yet, is they start to watch both of these guys. They know there's a connection, but they haven't, like, there's nothing to prove it yet. There was nothing, no phone call records or anything like that. So they're like, okay, we think that there's a connection here, but we don't know how they were communicating. So they start watching them separately in their cities. James Perry was actually from Detroit area. So they they have people watching him in Detroit. They'd found him. And they have people watching Lawrence in Los Angeles. Okay. Staking them out. So they're watching silently, observing these two guys. A whole country away from one another, huh? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is. So they're both being observed, low key. And wouldn't you know it, as two natural born idiots would do, (laughs) they do end up hand serving themselves as they are both photographed, which they're able to pinpoint at the same time. At pay phones in different oh. locations. 1993, people. Those pay phones. Pay phones. Yep. So they both, like, the agents in both areas are able to take photographs of them on the pay phone at the same time. Amazing. So they, now, that's like, good police work right there. Absolutely. I feel like they did do a good job with this case. Plus, they were morons. So right, right. Like, oh, I love that. It just but they do have well. to communicate somehow, and it's 93. There's not email and text messaging and all that stuff. So right. Nice so like, job. okay, now we've got enough to, to know that there's connection. We've yeah. made the connection yeah. with them, how they're communicating. Because right. statistically speaking, what are the chances? Right. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit more on the backstory. When I told you about, like, looking back, now they realize there were signs. Yeah. And this is going to hurt your soul. So okay. just so a heads up. Hold on to it. Tether it to your body because it's going to try to leave. Yeah. All it's right. just so heartbreaking that, that someone has the capacity to do this. As I told you, Lawrence and Millie separated, and he was done with the family mm-hmm. after the money situation. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, in the spring of 1992, he returns back to the home. They had a home in Maryland. And he's telling Tiffany, like, surprise, I'm going to be a part of your life again. I'm back. What the fuck? And Millie was suspicious right away. She even said, like, I don't want him in the house. Like, this is no. weird that he would yeah. just come back. Yeah. All you can't dump us and then just come back like you have a right to just pick up where we left off. Yes, and he was acting suspicious right off the bat. Like I said, nobody ever could grasp what he was up to, but he started taking he was like recording the house. There's actually it's Oh chilling. my god. There's a recording of Millie walking out like he's recording the front of the house and Millie's walking out like why are you recording our house? Like she's on the camera. Yeah. And so he's taking footage of the house. And yeah, you're right. It did hurt my soul. It does. And then he showed up one day. He came back to the house asking if Tiffany could take take him upstairs and show him. He was so interested. He'd heard Trevor was making all of this progress and he really wanted to see what progress Trevor was making. So could you show me his room? Show me, you know, where he's at. Show me right where he's at in the house. Exactly. Yep. And Tiffany uh, was a kid, pre- I mean. Right, pretending to care about Trevor. Yes, that's the part that makes me so sick. Oh, my God. Tiffany said she remembers thinking this was weird, but also was kind of excited thinking, like, okay, maybe he's really he's curious changing. about his son. Oh, no. Isn't this awful? 
shitty dad isn't shitty a strong dad. enough word. There's something out there for him. You're right. It's, it should be worse. My God, he's worse than a genital wart. <laughs> he is. I, if you suffer from them, I'm so sorry. But you then you know how bad but they Lawrence are. But Lawrence is one of them. Like oh. he's among the cluster. Yes. I don't know. He's oh, awful. Can you imagine being guy. Tiffany too? Like, oh, no. wow, maybe he really does care. And then in hindsight, realizing what it was all about. Yes. No, that poor girl. Yep. He even recorded a video of Trevor in his bedroom, Mm-mm. further assuring her that, okay, he's maybe he is excited. He's wanting to see how Tre- Trevor's mm. doing and recording this because he's so excited about how Trevor has come so far. So... As you are probably putting together, they would later find out that this was Lawrence coming back to get an idea of the house, the idea of Trevor, where Trevor was located, the make of the house. Right. So this person would know exactly where they were going in, where to find him, what the machines looked like, all of that stuff. Lawrence had come back to basically put that, you know, map that out for this person to go in and, that and do a disgusting. clean murder, isn't it? This how is just you, pure evil. How There's could no... you go back in, look your children Mm-mm. in the face and do this? No. Absolute so pure evil. So a little bit of a time frame, how this all unfolded, you know, in the, the time that it did. Investigators, like I said, they knew right away Lawrence was involved, but they had to build their case. So this took a, a, about a year. Yeah, um, right. You know, they're piecing together, they're watching and honing in on things. But it does take the course of like a little over a year for all of this. That doesn't surprise me. Now, because of the time frame, it actually probably worked in their favor because Lawrence really, truly believes he's getting away with this. Right. A year's gone by. Nobody's arrested me. No, nothing's, you know, I haven't been questioned all that much. Um, so he does try to then hone in on Trevor's trust money. Fund. Yeah. So he's Which like, okay. helps give them the evidence, right? Yeah. So he's, start, he's trying to get this money. Elaine is like, hell to the no Good. over my dead body, you will. She yeah. didn't say that, but I'm sure she was I'm thinking sh- it. For sure. You can rot in hell. Yeah. So she immediately, when he starts poking around trying to get this money, she proceeds with filing a civil suit to block him from getting the mm-hmm. money. Now, it was obvious, like I said, he had this false sense of security that he was going to be able to pull this off. So he, you know, didn't see this coming. So it ends up working perfectly for them to be able to hone in on him because what happens with the civil suit is Lawrence is required to give a deposition under oath. And so they question him about, like, everything to do with this money. Like, why do you want this money? What was your insurance? Like, what was your contribution? Like, they're asking him all these questions, and investigators knew that this was going to be coming up for him. So they're able to very seamlessly slide their own questions into this deposition. Okay. So they knew he was going to be questioned about, you know, his involvement with the family and the money. Like, why do you think you're entitled to this money? Right. So they also then tell the attorney that's going to be questioning him, to ask a few questions about Mr. James Perry and how he oh. knew this man because they they knew solidly that he had a that they were communicating. Yep. So what they end up doing is out of the blue. Jay, and and Lawrence was not ready for this. Oh sure, so I bet. All not. of a sudden, you know, you get this question. And, so how do you know Mr. James Perry? 
I think Lawrence oh, soiled his adult diaper at that I moment. Bet. His dick was twisted in a knot all it, of a sudden. Inverted back into it his did. body. <laughs> like, did. oh my God. It regressed in maturity. Yes, it did. <laughs> oh my God. It became an innie. Yes. Fully. Like, <laughs> yes. fully. Because he was not ready for this. Definitely not. He thought he was getting away with it the whole time and that he the police did. wouldn't have that name. He did. So. When he ends up fully denying knowing James Perry, they've got what they need. He's lied. They can make an arrest because he's flat out lied. They know he knows James Perry. Yep. So they're like, got it. Yeah. Done and done. So they're able to make an arrest, you know, do a warrant for his arrest in this murder case because he lied about knowing James Perry. So it really worked out well. Like everything kind of fell together after they get him. That becomes the prosecution's focus is really pounding the jury with like, he lied. Mm -hmm. He's lied about all of this. He was literally caught red handed Mm -hmm. knowing this guy. They have the photos of them talking like so they really focus on, you know, building that case with with his lies. They have the video of him randomly video recording. Yeah, the Millie's house, all of that. So. I will tell you that they did a great job of building that case because he is busted. And in 1996, Lawrence Horn was found guilty of murder of all three. Wow. And he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. So I think they had enough and they, like I said, they did a good job building this case and he was found guilty. James Perry was also found guilty and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. So Good. they got both of them. Did James deny the whole time? Do you know? I believe he did. Yeah. Yes. Now, a very... Sucks s- that it took three years. It does. Ugh. It does. Super sad piece of this case. Janice, the nurse. Yeah. Janice was actually not supposed to be there that day. No. His... Now, it would... I mean, it would have been tragic either way. Yeah. But his primary nurse that was scheduled was sick and Janice was described as like this super loving helpful like of course I'll come in yeah so she came in to fill in for the other nurse that day okay but if it hadn't have been Janice it would have been the primary right. like, nurse I mean That's it would have been tragic too. either way but yes. just knowing like I thought you meant that like maybe Millie was supposed to be watching him was going to take care of the care that day and oh. so it would have just been the two of them, but which is still tragic. But to Can know you imagine that being the other nurse that was supposed I was just going to gonna say that. Yep, <sighs> that it would just be so chilling. Absolutely. But yeah, Janice oh was gosh. described as a super sweet person. She was lost in this too. She was a victim, and she was adored by the family. Oh. So it was just another tragic thing. She happened to be there that day, and. You would have to be adored by the family to be trusted with such an important absolutely responsibility. Because you, know? you you kind of become a part of the family when you're there all yeah, the time. Yeah, almost definitely. How could so you not? I'm sure that was a loss for them as right, well. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of this case. How horrific. It's crazy. So, Lawrence was put in prison. Wart. Uh-huh. The genital war was put in prison. And... So time went on and Tiffany, you know, Tiffany was so impacted by all of this. And in 2013, she got word. She hadn't had any contact with her father after all this happened. But she does talk about, like, she lost her dad, too. For sure. Most like, definitely. She didn't know he was this type of person and capable of this. So and at, at one point, he was, I mean, she really looked up to him and adored him. Yeah. And so 
you know, she has these memories of him being a good dad. So she lost her mom, her brother, and her dad. Right. Because right. he's, you know. This is, yes, this is sad. I mean, have you ever grieved someone who is still alive? Yeah. Because I have. Absolutely. Yeah. So this had to have been so hard. But she didn't have any contact with him for years until 2013. She got word that her father was in prison just minutes away from where she was living at the oh. time. And she had, had been told that he had cancer okay. and he was not doing well. He had had most of his colon removed because of the cancer. Mm-hmm. And so it, time was short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel bad. Yeah. So she, she decided that for herself, she needed to go see him. She was talking, I think to a friend that was like, you might need to do this for yourself okay. and, you know, go see him and that you need to forgive him. This would be so hard. Mm-hmm. But she just had that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I need to do this. I need to do this and I need to forgive him. Ooh. So she went and saw him for the first time in like 20 years. Yeah. And she said the, you know, she saw a shell of what was this big, strong dad that she knew as sure. a kid. Like he was, a, he was a good sized, you know, tall guy. And she saw this shell of a person being wheeled out. He was in a wheelchair. He looked awful. You know, he was dying and, and. He was terribly thin. Like he was in his end phase of life. How interesting that he became wheelchair ridden and emaciated. And isn't that something? Mm. But she said that she immediately got up and embraced him. And she told him, I forgive you. (laughs) Charnel's face right now. Mm. She's a little cringe. I know I'd it's so hard. It's so hard. But I mean, if she had to do this for herself, then kudos to her. But yeah, she's I, a stronger person oh, than I, know, I am. I don't know if I could do it. Mm-hmm. I really just don't. And I think. Oh, I know you wouldn't do it. No, no. no. Wheel him right off a cliff. That's, yeah, yeah. You, you're definitely. Taking daddy on a visit. He won't be back. No. <laughs> I just, I get it. The concept of like, this is setting my soul free. I get that. And it's it yeah. is in a way a beautiful thing. But Very therapeutic. God, yeah. But. So whew. hard. Yeah, she said, I forgive you and I love you. She told him that. I cannot imagine how strong you have to be to do that. Yep, that's not within my capacity. He did. If she needed that, okay. I think she did. She seems like a wonderful person speaking on this documentary. She seems like a very beautiful person. Yeah, yeah. But my gosh, it would be hard to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. He had asked her to please come back again when she oh. was there. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that was the last time that she ever saw her father. He did die in uh, February of 2017 of the cancer okay. in jail or prison. Mm. So that's the story of Lawrence Horn. Wow. I don't like it. It's horrible. I don't like that so, story at so all. So sad. Just the greed. Like I said, at some point, he was a decent family guy that we know of. I mean... Is he it, could have had his skeletons. Is it scary then, to think that, like, is this capacity within all of us? You know, just sitting there waiting to be triggered by the right motive or the right thing. Like, how we do hear of this, where people are like fully taken aback because this person was so seemingly normal and okay, and then yeah. the right motive hits, and now you you're get this a taste totally for different, the greed. Yeah, person could be. I would rather stay poor than to ever have to risk 
Oh my possibly gosh. turning into something like this for money or having money and my family takes me out yeah for it right exactly yeah if Thankfully, i ever hit the lotto i'm right there no one should have a motive for me i'm, right. I'm broke i don't please no. steal my identity i i encourage you to do it <laughs> can you make it better yes. than i am yeah yes build on it improve yes, it please but no, it's, you know, I don't know truly what kind of person he was before all of this, but it sounds like he was decent. Yeah. He made a career like for himself. Right, I mean, right. But that, that taste wow. of that money. Yep, that and, green. Yeah, the green. <laughs> Get him that green. Uh, that cheddar. Yeah. We all want the cheddar. <laughs> My God, cheddar does sound really good right now, though. Actually, I'm actually hungry. Could go for a good sharp cheddar yes, right now. Yes, me too. Do you have a brain bag I for us? I do. Let me pull it up. Okay. You're going to enjoy it. I'm sure not as well it's as hard the to burger given a blowjob. But yep. It is hard to top that right now. It really is. But this is a good, I mean, this is honorable mention. Okay. Title is, Evansville man tried to sell damaged car at dealership after DUI crash. Oh. You can't fault you a can't man. You can't do that? <laughs> Shit. It says, in Evansville... Indiana, a man was arrested on several charges Monday after police say he damaged his SUV in a DUI crash, then tried to sell it to a local dealership. Well, yeah, it's been involved in He's a like, criminal activity. It's time to get rid of it. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> don't. He's not going to go to Facebook Marketplace. He's going to go straight to a dealership. Right. Who runs VIN numbers and license plate numbers, by the way. Yes, absolutely. It says, police... Police say it all started on Monday around 5 p.m. when numerous 911 calls were made about someone in a silver SUV driving erratically around the city. One caller said the driver had crashed into a median Mm. and gotten a flat tire and they were possibly intoxicated. Officers said they caught up with the driver when they were called by a local dealership when an employee said a drunk driver had showed up trying to sell them his damaged vehicle. Oh, my Lord. He showed up. It wasn't even like the next day. Oh, wow. I bet he was out crashing around. Then he's like, you know Shit. what? I need a new car. Yep. Like, yep. can let's, we do a trade? Let's trade this baby. Trade he came these? in like, let's trade this baby in. I need a new car. This just keeps getting better. Um, it says when police got to the dealership, they said they saw the silver SUV with a tire missing and heavy oh, front Jesus. end damage. A tire missing. It limped they're in. trying to trade. <laughs> He pushed it in. He's like, can I get I'd a like, trade in, please? I'd like a trade Z, please. <laughs> this is not working for oh, me. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I like my cars that have four wheels. Oh, shit. This is a probable, uh, a probable cause says that the officer spoke with the the driver. Uh, sorry, affidavit. Prob- probable cause affidavit. Okay. Says that the officer spoke with the driver and identified him as 30-year-old Jordan Mattenly. Of Evansville, they said that his forehead was red and swollen; that he had scratches as, as if he had recently been in a crash. Can you imagine, imagine this man rolling in, like all beat up? No, with his no. car. <laughs> Good God! He did admit he drove his car to the dealership, and at first he claimed that he had only drank one beer. <laughs> then he, they he clearly smelled like alcohol. I'm a lightweight. This is one Bud Light. Just, just one beer right That's here. It. So and he almost fell over several times while he was uh, being escorted. Oh, so he he was a little intoxicated. It's an inner ear condition, Amber. Let's not be judgy. Well, he did blow a point two nine. 
So Shit. probably more, more than, than one. one. Yeah. yeah. Guessing more than Weird. one. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that he then admitted to having a lot to drink before he he uh, got behind the wheel. Like I had one case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> it just a case. I, I count the them by the case. Out. Yeah. That's like our uh, some of our previous clients. Like a beer could be a forty. Yeah, absolutely. You a just, tall boy. You never know. Yep, yep. You gotta ask these questions. You can't assume anything. I do appreciate his effort, and this is, gives you a little taste of what condition he was in. When he oh my walked. god, his hair! I love it. Even his hair is rebelling against being he on his head. Is hot mess express. He, he is. We will Woo, post, of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> That's a so, good yeah. one. A for effort. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like, my car's not working. I need a new I one. I need, this is where I go to get a new one. I just got in a drunk driving accident. Yeah. Hook me up, please. Obviously. Need a new car. Hello. You can't blame a guy for trying. No. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Flat tire. Can you not see why I need a new car? <laughs> What's with all the questions? <laughs> I would think it's obvious. You guys are being a little nitpicky right. here. <laughs> right. <laughs> And a guy just crash his car and try to trade it in. Give me one off the lot. Right. Come on. I, I got stuff to do. Anyone with four wheels will do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for that horrific case. Yeah. But that's why we're all here. So Happy Father's Day, everyone. Right. If you have a case suggestion, send it to crimecurious at yahoo.com with case suggestion in the title, please. Helps us keep them organized. Or your own brain bath. Title it Brain Bath. We love those, yes. Yeah, put it in the subject line. Brain Bath. Especially your own personal one. We love getting to know you guys more with your most embarrassing stories ever. Or the worst thing you've ever done. Send that. We'll keep it anonymous. We won't tell anyone. Unless you send us a crime and then we are actually obligated by like the FCC and stuff to report that stuff. So, you know. Mandated reporters here. Right. Try not to do that or legitimately give us a fake name. Um... Let's see what else. Oh, hey, if you want to be a Patreon and uh, get extra content each month, crimecuriouspatreon.com. I did just recently post our link too. So if you get on our um, business page, Crime Curious Podcast, you can find the link there as well. So yeah, until next time, everybody, enjoy your day or night, whatever it may be. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.